the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, formerly Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Okay, come with me to the book of Matthew chapter 25 verse 14. We've been looking at becoming rulers over many things. Somebody say rulers over many things. That's what we've been looking at. How you can move from smallness into greatness. Engaging kingdom principles for promotion. Somebody say, engaging kingdom principles for promotion. As for promotion, we establish that everybody desires promotion in life. There's nobody who doesn't like to be promoted. Where you work and you get money, you want to get more money. Your salary. Some people actually go on strike just to provoke an increment in salary. Everybody desires increase. You don't want to stay with your last examination score. If you are still in school, you always want to improve. Life is designed that way. Somebody say life is designed for improvement. Life is designed for continuous progress. When we share testimonies, we share testimonies of progress. Nobody shares testimony and is rejoicing. Oh, I want to thank God, church. Thank God with me today. I used to make $10,000 a month. Last month. I could only make 1,000. Yeah, that's not something that people will celebrate about. Why? Because the part of the just is like a shining light that shines more and more onto a perfect day. And God begins small with us and his ultimate purpose and goal is to increase us. The Bible says in the book of Job, it said, though thy beginning was small, thy latter end shall greatly increase. Somebody say, God wants me to increase. But you see, God's way of increase is different from man's way of increase. There are many ways people used to increase. Sometimes people would want to bring other people down so that they can be promoted. They can get up. They can get ahead. Some people are just wishing that others fail so that they can succeed. But the good news is that nobody needs to fail for you to succeed. Everything you need to succeed in life has already been given to you. The Bible said, according as his divine power had given unto us all things that pertains to life and godliness. What you need to do is know how to deploy them. Somebody say deploy them. Yeah, God is not going to give you anything that is not given you. That's it. When Jesus said it is finished, he meant it is finished. Everything that will ever be needed as far as your life is concerned is finished. Your salvation is finished. Your healing is finished. Your prosperity is finished. Everything that concerns your life and well-being, your spiritual life and well-being on the planet is finished. Somebody say it's finished. So why is it not manifesting? Your ability and your know-how to deploy it is what makes it a reality in your life. And I pray that God will help you through this series to be able to change your level. Can I have a better amen? Amen. Let me have a believing amen. Amen. 
So we started by looking at that for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants. Somebody say his own servants. And delivered his goods to them. He called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one to each according to his own ability and immediately went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. Look at verse number 17. And likewise he who had received two gained two more also. But he, he who had received one went and dug the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Somebody say, a day of reckoning is coming. A day of accountability awaits us. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents also. Say, he delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, well done. Somebody say, well done. Good and faithful servant. Take note. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. May you become a ruler over many things. May you become a ruler over many things. May you command great wealth. May you command great wisdom. May you command great fame. In the name of our Lord Jesus. He said you become a ruler over many things. I like the fact that you be, they were not before, but they became. Whatever you are not before, if you learn to engage kingdom principles, you can become. The kingdom of God is such that anything that God has designed for you to become, there is a way to become it, provided we engage it. God will not tell you, I've ordained you to be great, and will not show you the pathway to it. So the pathway to everything God has designed for us is available, provided we walk on that path. So he says, I will make you ruler over many things. The one with two came, I will make you ruler over many things. That is the genesis of our teaching. And last two weeks, we began looking at verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Somebody say his own servants. His own servants. And delivered his goods to them. So his own servants. What they were given was not their own. That's why they are servant. A servant is a steward. What they were given belonged to their master. He gave it to them for their change of level. We said that fundamentally, if we must rise in the kingdom, we need to embrace service. Somebody say service. service. Jesus came. And one of the examples he left for us is the example of humble service. Somebody say humble service. Humble. Service is not a word that we hear about a lot these days. Service is not the word anybody wants to identify with. The moment we think about service, we think about somebody who is down there, somebody who does not matter, somebody who has no future. That's what we think about. But that is not so in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, the future is only reserved for servants. They are the only people who have a place in the kingdom. They are the only people that can rise on the basis of the kingdom. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 11. Let this man be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, give me the, new, the King James Version, 
who being in the form of God, thought in no robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as man, he humbled himself and became obedient. Take note, Jesus took upon himself the form of what? A servant. Somebody say he took upon himself. Say he took upon himself. Yeah. He took upon himself. He was not forced to serve. A lot of people are waiting. They say, I'm looking for opportunity to serve. No. Opportunity to serve always abound. Find a place and start serving. Find a place. Find a place and start serving. Jesus took upon himself the form of a servant. And then he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Even the death on the cross. That's where service took him. Service took him all the way to the cross. And when that was done, the Bible said, Wherefore God also had highly exalted him. God exalts people, but not everybody. Are you with me here? God exalts people. God exalts people. God promotes people. God honors people. But God does not just honor anybody. Who would God honor? The Bible said, The greatest among you must be your... Must be your must be your great okay so we started talking about 21 attributes it could be more but i'll just end it at 21 21 attributes of true servants number one we said true servants are what true servants are what true servants are true servants are yeah true servants are sendable jesus came to show as an example of service and the first thing he told us he said as the father has sent me so sent are you True servants are sendable. If you cannot be sent, if you are too big to be sent, if you are too big to be instructed, you cannot serve. True servants are sendable. Somebody say they are sendable. sendable. Number two, true servants have what? A master. Do you have a master? Do you know you have a master? The Bible said, know ye not that you are bought with a price, for you are not your own. God is our master. We can do things the way we want. All of us are masters at your place of work. Your boss is your master. In the service unit you are serving, there is a master there. The choir leader becomes a master. In the church, pastor becomes a master. And you must understand that you are serving under a master. A true servant has a master. If you cannot admit the fact that you have a master and submit to that master, you are not a servant. One of the major features of a servant is the fact that he has a master. Paul said that if I yet please myself, then I'm not a servant. There's a master I'm seeking to please. Who are you seeking to please? Are you living to please yourself or you are living to please the one who died and shed his precious blood for you? The grace of God rests upon us to honor him. Number three, a true servant seeks to please his master above all else. Say it. Say it again. Yeah, a true servant seeks to please his master above all else. You go to an office, you say, I want to do things my way. You will not last there. You join an organization, you say, this is what I'm used to. And this is how I want things done. Very soon you'll find your way out. Because a true servant must seek to please his master. Above all else, the greatest pleasure of a servant is to please his master. Number four, we said a true servant does the will of his master and not his own will. Whose will are you living after? Are you pursuing the master's will? 
The Bible said, he does not will that any man should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Are you pursuing that way? Are you committed? Are you intentionally reaching out with the message of love, with the message of Christ to those who are not saved around you? In your office, how many do you freely share your faith with? In your area of work, in your area of operation, in your neighborhood, how many people do you intentionally share the love of God with? He said, I came down not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Jesus was committed to the will of the Father. The primary will of the Father is the salvation of souls. Somebody says salvation of souls. Many people, oh, I want to know the will of God for my life. I want to know the will of God. Start doing the known will of God for your life and the other will will be revealed. Many people, uh, Pastor, what is the will of God for my life? The will of God is the salvation of souls. So start pursuing that. The other will will be made known. The will of God is that now that you are saved, you start to serve. When you start serving, the other will will become clear. I didn't set out to become a pastor. I had no ambitions like that. I went to the university with a different vision, a different goal altogether. But as I got myself involved in kingdom work and I began to serve one face after the other, gradually and gradually, God's perfect will for my life open up for me and today i'm standing perfectly in the very center of god's will for my life and that's the place of rest that's the place of significance that's the place of meaning most of you are doing things but there's no meaning there's no sense of joy you go to the same place you come back and you are worried you 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 fear going there again why because there's no real joy from within you see you cannot be in the center of the will of god and lack joy Things may be difficult around you, but you will still be flowing in joy. I pray that you'll be located in the very heart of God's will. In the will of God, nobody can take you out. I don't foresee myself being taken out by anybody. Praise God. I can't die through crashes. I can't die. I'm not dying prematurely. I have an assignment to finish, which I have not even yet begun. That's what keeps me alive. So it's not dreams and visions. Somebody gave you this dream. Somebody, I don't waste my time praying about it. The thing that guides me and keeps me alive is God's purpose and will on my life. I know I'm here for an assignment and until that assignment is over, nobody can take me out. And I declare to you, nothing will take you out before your time. Find the will of God and pursue it. Find the will of God and pursue it. We've been doing success in our Excel service and I mean, I've not fully defined what good success is, but we'll get there. That's when you really get to know. A lot of people are chasing fantasies. You are running after fantasies. Mirage. The closer you get to it, <laughs> the more useless it becomes. All along, what you are doing is you are seeking to attain something. But whether or not that's the will of God for your life, it's never become an issue in your life. A true servant does the will of his master above all. Above all. Above all. Above all. Yeah. You must get this. Number five. A true servant has a mind to serve. Somebody say a mind to serve. Say a mind to serve. Yeah. A lot of people can't serve because their mentality is wrong. They think that people who serve are inferior. They think that people who serve are nobodies. They think that people who serve are not scholarly. You cheat yourself. Praise God. In the kingdom, those who matter to God are those who serve. Praise God. Not those who have academic degrees, PhDs. All of that. They are great in the natural. 
but in the supernatural, they are useless. Nobody was as intelligent as Apostle Paul. An astute lawyer by all standards. But he said, the things that were counted to me as gain, I counted them by dunk. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them by dunk, that I may win Christ. That was more important to him than anything else. It's so critical that we get that. We get that. A mind to serve. When your mind is to serve, you always look for opportunities to serve. Why? Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You don't think service. So you don't think well of service. You don't think positively about service. So you don't serve. You feel that you are somebody else. No wonder the Bible says, he who thinks himself to be something, when he's nothing, he deceives himself. A lot of people are working with delusions. They think they are something that in the eyes of God, they are nothing. I want to be somebody of weight in the eyes of God. I don't care who rates you, who measures you, and who celebrates you as they call it, celebrity status. I don't care about any of that. But I want to be celebrated in the eyes of God. Am I communicating here? That's what matters most. By the time you hang your boot and they give you your, your six feet or whatever, and you are done, you want to ask yourself, did I serve my generation by the will of God? Did I fulfill my purpose? Did my life count? That's what matters. Paul said, now the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Now there is laid out for me a crown of righteousness. When that time comes, your hour of departure comes, what can you say? Can you say like Apostle Paul, I fought a good fight? The fight you are fighting, you are fighting for money. Is that a good fight God will have you fight? Praise God. You are fighting for a certain position. Is that political office? Is that a good fight? The good fight is a fight that gains us place in eternity. The good fight is a fight that guarantees us enduring rewards. You see, you are not shouting amen because your heart is not there. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the dispensation we are in. Yeah. You are going to live a life that matters. You are not going to just live a life to please yourself and then just enjoy. No, 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 no. The life that is most well lived is a life lived for others. Life lived for others. Jesus lived so others will live. That's why we are still celebrating. The people who live most impactful lives, they don't live for themselves or their families. They live for others. They live for others. Tell me how many children has begot. He's not born again. How many children has he? But his life is dedicated to advancing others. Nobody goes down devoted to advancing the cause, whether they are born again or not. Praise God. Nobody goes down. It's just that in eternity, they may not have a place with God, but on earth, they will matter. Praise God. Because their life is focused on others. A true servant has a mind to serve. He does not feel that he's being cheated when he's serving. Number six. A true servant does what? He doesn't despise any work doesn't despise any work. He doesn't see that following up on people, calling people and sending them WhatsApp to remind them service is a lesser job than teaching them at a, a, fellow, a family meeting. No. He sees it as the same. He does not lift one work against the other. He doesn't despise any work at all. Every work is of the same value in their eyes. You know Jesus healed the sick? Jesus healed the sick. He raised the dead. He preached with thousands. But do you know Jesus also washed the feet of his disciples? Didn't despise anything. Oh, me? 
looking at my caliber, my status, you know, my profession. How can I come down and be washing? No, 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 no. If you are too big to work for God, you are too big to be elevated by God. And number seven, a true servant is accountable. Somebody say a true servant is accountable. Say a true servant is accountable. A true servant is accountable. That's where we, the Bible said, verse 19, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Somebody say the Lord of those servants. I've just started. I'm continuing. The Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Do you know a day of accountability awaits you? Every one of us, the Bible said, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And we shall give account of our stewardship. Do you know your life on the earth is a stewardship? Do you know that your life is not your own? You don't fill your days with events that concerns you. That's why we need to reorient our minds as children of God. Because we will be super disappointed when we finish our course on earth. And we realize that we were pursuing the wrong course. Can you imagine? You want to become a doctor and you go to school and they walk you through classes and you never get to know the actual courses you are taking. You just attend lecture and lecture and lecture and lecture. By the time you finish, you realize that all the things you've been taught, they are related to architecture and not medicine. How disappointed will you be? And there are many who are living lives like that. That's all you are doing. You just go through the emotions. You wake up and it's about that, 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 that. You will never pursue as a matter of priority, conscientiously and deliberately, that which God has for you to do. There's a day of accountability. What you did with the money that has entered your hand, you give account. The time, a lot of people want to live long, but they are not uh, using the life God has given them for what he's given them for. You will give account. If you live 60, you give account. 80, you give account. So if you are not preparing to render good account, it's better you exit early. <laughs> Am I communicating here? No, you give account. Oh, every time the people that God has put around you, how did you relate with them? You will give account. You will give account. The money that God gave you said, it's my money. I cannot give my money to church. I cannot invest in the kingdom. You will give account. Why? Because a man can receive nothing except it be given to him from where? Above. You will give account. You give account. In the book of Romans chapter 14 verse 10 to 12. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember we will stand before the judgment seat of God. For the scripture says, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will confess and give praise to God. Yes! Somebody say yes. Verse 12. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. Somebody say, I'll give a personal account. You will. You will. You will. It's not accountability unto domination, no. It's accountability of the gift God gave you, the stewards. The things that God gave you, you will be required to give account. Your pastors have a responsibility. Myself and all other pastors, we have a responsibility to give account. The Bible says that obey your spiritual leaders and then submit yourselves unto them because they will give account of your stewardship. So, that is part one. Somebody say part one. I'm doing seven in each segment. Today, we want to continue. The first one, we said they are sendable, they have a master, they seek to please their master, 
do the will of their master, have a mind to serve, do not despise any work, is accountable. 21 attributes of true servants. The second set of seven. One, true servants avail themselves for work. A true servant avails himself for work. A true servant. Somebody say a true servant. Avails himself for work. A true servant. A true servant avails himself for work. A true servant. Laziness and service don't go together. Somebody say laziness and service. And they don't go together at all. To laziness and service. Laziness and working for salary may work. But laziness and service that will secure you promotion from God, they don't go together. You remember the rebuke Jesus gave to the one man whose talent he buried. He said, thou wicked and lazy servant. Thou wicked and lazy servant. Thou wicked and lazy servant. A true servant does not give excuses for non-performance. A true servant stretches himself to get a job done. Give a job to a true servant. He doesn't come with 101 reasons why it cannot be done. They stretch themselves to get a job done. That's a true servant. That's a reliable servant. That's a servant that can be trusted with more. A true servant avails himself for work. Look, Mark chapter 3 verse 13 to 14. Jesus came and the Bible says, look at this. And he went on the mountain and called to him those whom he wanted. And they came to him. Somebody said they came to him. And he appointed 12. This is why he appointed the 12. Please take note. This is why he appointed the 12. One. One was that they might be with him. Second is that they might, he might send them out to preach. That's it. Two reasons. Two reasons why Peter, James, John, and the rest were called. To be with him. And that he might send them to go and preach. Two. To be with him. A true servant. One we're saying, avails himself for work. I mean, when I say avails himself, a true servant is available. When you are looking for a true servant, he's available. Can you imagine you have a, this uh, servant in your home or at your office and messenger, the moment you need him to send him, he's not available. You'll be calling him, he's not available. No. A true servant makes himself available. Why? Because he wants to serve. It's like a waiter in a restaurant. It's, it's amazing when you go to some restaurant the waiters, they just come and drop it and then they go. But you are supposed to be waiting on the people. Praise God. Waiting for the next instruction. That's how we ought to be. A true servant is available. He's not ready to run off when his master is at the office. A lot of you sometimes, you are trusting God for promotion and the promotion is not coming. Your boss doesn't find you as hardworking as you think. You think you are hardworking but he sees you as a very lazy person. Before he leaves, you are long gone. Before he says, Jack, you are long gone. And if you are also around, you are not even devoted to the work. You can come to work and then excuses after the uh, excuses. Today you are going to town to do this. Tomorrow you are going to do And tomorrow you think if he's looking for somebody to fit in that office, he will call you. No, a true servant is available. Somebody say available. available. Listen, I, I always thank God that I have a lot of younger generation in the church. If you don't love work, you don't have a future. If you are lazy, you don't have a future. Lazy people are full of excuses why things cannot be done. There's a lion in the way. There's a lion. There are no jobs. Really? If you really want to do something, you'll find something to do. God never told anybody to go find jobs. He said, whatsoever the hand find that to do, do it with all thy might. In the book of Psalms, he said, whatsoever he doeth shall 
prosper. Find something and do it. And the blessing of God shall rest upon it. Stop giving excuses and living a beggarly life. Praise God. Nobody gets into dominion without loving work. Jesus said, my father worked here too and here me too I work. You have to work. A true servant avails himself for work. This younger generation is too lazy. We have a very indolent generation. We want the best things of life, but we don't want to work for them. We want to ride the best of cars. We don't want to work for them. We want to get into the best of restaurants. We don't want to work for them. But listen, anything you did not work for, you cannot enjoy. The Bible says, wealth gotten by vanity shall diminish, but he that gathers my labor shall increase. If you are not ready to labor, forget it. You will continue to be a beggar. The Bible said, the lazy man folded his hands, so he shall beg in the time of harvest. By reason of the code, he folds his hands by the reason of, therefore he shall beg. See anybody who goes to person to person after service to beg. Listen, the root cause is laziness. With the exception of one or two who may be a, a particular challenge, the root cause is laziness. I don't subscribe for sitting down idle and doing nothing. If it's blocks, carry it. But by all means, be doing something. I had to travel to the western region and central region yesterday. And just before I left the place, I saw a woman, this aged woman, selling, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, face masks. She was coming to sell the, the thing for me. I had enough in the car. I didn't need it. But seeing how old she is and the fact that she was making effort, I gave her money that could buy about 10 or so of them. She said, take it and go. Praise God. You meet young men, energetic men. Some of whom can stand in the box, boxing ring and, and box. They are begging for money. They are begging for money. No society ever rises with beggars. Praise God. Every, every first world nation has a generation of people who work. Japan is a super nation because they work. European nations work. Africans are just too lazy. Just too lazy. Just too lazy. Praise God. But our generation shall be different. Amen. Listen, when listen, as for worker, it's, it's an excellent Christian culture. As a Christian, you must not just be a good a hard worker person, you must be an excellent worker. That's that's the Paul said, I wrote to you. You know, the Thessalonians, they felt that Jesus was coming tomorrow, so they were not working. He said, Listen, if anybody will not work, you should not eat. That was a command in New Testament command. If anybody will not work, he should not eat. Praise God. If you are not working, you should not be talking on phone. Who is buying the credit you are using to talk on phone? You should not be watching videos. Whose credit are you using to do all of that? Get put your hands on the deck and start working. But a true servant is available to work. Somebody say available. available. Be available to work. A lot of people love position, but they don't want to be available to work. Yeah. You want to be called a pastor, be available to reach out to people and follow up and reach out to people and establish them. You want to be assigned a certain responsibility, would you be available to do the work? Because it's not, this is not a, a holiday right. This is work. The Bible says, he that desired the office of a bishop desired a good work. A good work. Church, Placement in church in church is not uh, just a title that you will give to people who have accomplished something. No, it's work. It's work that guarantees eternal reward. It's work that secures you a place. 
that is enviable in eternity. It's work that has enduring reward. The Bible said, I heard a voice saying, blessed are those who die in the Lord and their works shall follow them. The only thing that will follow us in eternity is not your money, it's your work. It's not your degree, it's your work. What work are you doing? I'm talking about work in relation to the kingdom. What kingdom works are you doing? How many souls so far have you deliberately reached out to and you are aggressively pursuing them to be established? But you are very conscious about your investment plan. The Bible says, lay up no treasure on it for yourself. That's why it's not working. That's why you hip up, hip up, and some wrong decision will come. And men's God will just swallow it up. Praise God. Because there is something that matters most, and you have neglected it. Jesus told Martha, he said, one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen it. May we choose the needful. I said, may we choose the needful. I'm just telling you as somebody who has lived that life consciously for close to 20 years and I have no regrets. Lived a life like this, deliberately devoted to advancing other people and I've never regretted. My life has never depreciated. Praise God. My life has always been better every year than it was before. Praise God. Because anyone who lives, the Bible says, except a cone of wheat fall to the ground and dies and abides alone. But when it dies, it brings forth much fruit. I see you bearing much fruit. I said, I see you bearing much fruit. The disciples were Jesus were available for work. When he needed people to fetch water, immediately, Mary said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And they were available. He said, fill the water spots. They were available to do it. Very much available. He fed the 5,000. The food was multiplied. He said, I need people to serve it to them. Sell food for 5,000 people. They were right on hand. When they finished, they were right on hand to gather the fragments. A true servant does every work, great or small, with the same positive attitude. Every work, every work, great or small, with the same positive attitude. I will never qualify to preach if my passion for preaching is not the same as my passion for following up on people. Praise God. Praise God. I remember as a student, those days, house coordinator for non-residential students, I could follow up people till as late as 11 p.m. in the night. Praise God. Yeah. Follow them up. Follow them up. Follow them up. That's number two, please. Can you project it? Does every work, great or small, with the same positive attitude? Same positive what? Attitude. If you are backing a song and you are not exuding joy. If you are leading it, it will not be different. Am I communicating here? It will not be different. It will not be different. If you are leading a group, five group, five people, ten people in the family, and you are not committed to them, you are saying, oh, if my my family grows and will become 50, I'll be more dedicated. You are a joker. Praise God. You are a joker. The only way they can increase is when you give it your best shot. Luke chapter 16 verse 10. The Bible says, if you have not been few, who is faithful in that which is least, is faithful in that which is much. The Bible did not say, will be. He says, the measure of a person's faithfulness in much is seen is in, in his faithfulness in little things. Little things. Little things. Little things. Little things. Little things. If you are not excited about small opportunities, bigger opportunities will never come to you. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah. Too small. When you are too big, 
for small jobs. Big jobs will be too big for you to do. Praise God. Yeah. And do you know why the man David could be chosen? He was excited about small things. The father gave him a few sheep. I mean, Pastor James, I was humbled when I saw what David could do. The extent David went just to take care of a few sheep. Few sheep. Now, let's see that. Please take your seat. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 28, the New King James Version. Few sheep, few sheep, few sheep. You see, most of the time we are, we, are, we are trying to figure out why some things are rising, why some people are getting promoted and all of that. God looks at the heart. Somebody say the heart. First Samuel 17, 28. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left what? With whom have you left what? Those few sheep in the wilderness. I know your pride and the insolence of your heart. For you have come down to see the battle. Somebody say, with whom? Have you left the few sheep? But if you go down, the Bible said David left the sheep with the keeper. Few sheep, he left them with the keeper. You are a family shepherd. When is family shepherd's meeting? Or when is family meeting? You are not there and you don't even give people, uh, you don't assign somebody else to take care of them. Imagine that today you are coming for service and I'm not here. And you came and no pastor is prepared to preach to you. It shows you how responsible and how committed I am. Am I communicating here? Am I communicating here? It's so, so important. He said, where have you left the few sheep? Few sheep. Do you know it was a few sheep David wanted to die for? He went after a lion, the bear, for the few sheep. I mean, I saw it and my heart broke. I mean, a human being laid down your life for sheep. God said, David, that's why you are going to be king. You will be king because you have a good heart. He said, man looks at the outward, but I look at the heart. So when his brothers Eliab came and he was showing his macho, God came and said, there is something in this guy's heart. He will go to every extent to make sure that it is well with people. Few sheep. Few sheep. You want to sacrifice for something big, right? Yeah, if it's a, a thousand sheep, ah, that one, you have to go after them. No, few sheep. David said, uh, the lion came, I went after the lion and the bear. What was he going after them for? A few sheep. Praise God. A few sheep. Listen, learn to handle small things well. Learn to handle small things well. Handle small money well. Handle the little time you have well. Handle the small people you have well. Handle. 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 I just started fundamentally with students. And we still reach out to students aggressively. Small students, people who didn't have much. They didn't know they are left from your right, and we kept on feeding them. That's all. Learn to handle small things well. A lot of people are praying for bigger opportunities, and they don't know how to manage small opportunities. Praise God. Don't pray. I'm, I want to speak to you as not just your pastor, but your father. Praise God. Because that's the only way you can secure a better future for yourself. Handle small things well. I have never looked for a big stage. I never prayed once, Lord, let me preach on radio. Never once. In fact, I was actually running away from it. Never. 
Never. There is no place I have deliberately pushed myself that I want to do this. No. As the Holy Spirit prompts me and as the opportunity comes, I just stay focused with my assignment. And one after the other, doors open. Listen, learn to handle small things well. Bigger opportunities don't come for people who pray for it. Bigger opportunities come for people who exercise faithfulness in small things. That's all. It's not prayer. It's not prayer. You can pray, oh Lord, promote me, lift me up, lift me up, lift me up. The more you pray, it looks like the downward you go. If there's a word like that, the downward you go. Yeah, because they don't go up by prayer. They go up by wisdom. The Bible said, exalt wisdom and he shall promote thee. Exalt wisdom, he shall promote thee. They gave you some small shop to manage. By the time you go there, it's 10 a.m. And you are looking, Lord, I want to be an international businessman. You will be a local village business person. That's who you become. That's who you become. Praise God. Yeah. Small clinic. Manage it well. Oh, this business, what are they doing? This, this firm there, I don't see any future in this firm. That's why there's no future in your own future. Am I communicating somebody here? This, our generation doesn't have a problem with dreaming. Uh-huh. But our dreams have become delusions. Because you dream and it never becomes a reality. Some people have a whole book about dreams. <laughs> dreams don't become a reality until you set up and you accept responsibility to make them work. Am I communicating here? Listen, you have a great future. Don't sell it. Don't be like Esau. Don't cheat yourself. Praise God. Don't cheat yourself. Every small opportunity has something it teaches you. That's why you don't joke with small opportunities. Every small opportunity. Can you imagine Joseph? Wild dreamer. And then what he starts with scrubbing uh, the bathroom of Mrs. Potiphar. That's what he was doing. That's where he started from. Where did the woman cast eyes on him? And Because that's where he was doing. He was there most of the time laying her bed, washing dishes. Great dreamer. It's a disparity. But that is how God works. He says the wisdom of God is foolishness with the word. And with the world's wisdom is foolishness with God. You know what? There are two different kingdoms. They function with different things. The moment you bring them into conflict, you worry yourself. Number three, a true servant does his work from a sincere heart. Somebody say a sincere heart. Sincere heart. Say a sincere heart. Sincere heart. Sincere heart. A lot of people are fake. Somebody say fake. fake. Too many people are fake. In church, in business, in marriage, a lot of people are fake. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5 to 6. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5 to 6. Ephesians 6, 5 to 6. Bond servants. Somebody say bond servants. Be obedient to what? Those who are your masters according to what? According to where? With fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ. Sincerity of heart. Sincere. Not with eye service as men pleases, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Did you see that? Let's read Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 to 24. Quickly. He said, bond servants, obey. Let's read it together. One go. Obey your masters according to the flesh. Not with eye service as men pleases, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. You know eye service? Eye service is a service that you render to be seen by men. 
when you know I am in church, let's say here, when you know senior pastor is in church and you are a drama, you come to play. If I travel two weeks, the two weeks I'm away, you will not be available. That's eye service. Praise God. Eye service. Eye service is when you come early to impress me, not because you have seen the need to do so. Eye service. Praise God. Eye service. Eye service. And Jesus described the hypocrite as people who were eye service people. Look at this. Matthew 23, verse 5 to 7. Eye service, eye service, eye service. He said, everything they do is for show. Somebody says for show. Yeah, that, that's eye service people are for show. When they stand on the microphone, it's a show. Everything they are doing. Ask your neighbor, <laughs> why are you doing what you are doing? <laughs> yeah, because that's always more important than what you are doing. The why is more important than what you are doing. Praise God. Everything they do is for show. Everything. May you not be a hypocrite. Yeah. Verse 4. Let's start from verse 4. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Verse 5. Everything they do is for show. All they are on their arms. See the show. See the show. On their arms, they wear extra wide prayer boxes with scripture verses inside. I don't know whether some of you saw Babukala, ever saw Babukala. Yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. And they wear robes with extra long tassels. Look at verse 6. And they love to sit. Somebody said they love to sit. Yeah. At the head table, a banquet, and the seat of honor in the synagogues. That is how you identify them. Anywhere they show, that's where they want. Anywhere they show, we are going to have a musical program. Oh, that's when that one they will come for rehearsal. They'll come for rehearsal. We are expecting a guest minister. That's why they come for a rehearsal. But if you knew that your greatest time in church is your time with your pastor and not with a guest minister, you'll be saved. How many times in a year would you be fed by a guest minister? But when the atmosphere is set and week after week, a service day after service day, the ground is set very well and your pastor feeds you, your life will be on the ascendancy. I'm not complicating here. That's it. He said they love all show, all show, show, show. Joe Impre. That's who they are. Yeah, that's who they are. They love to offer eye service. Their motives are impure. They don't operate with a sincere heart. Number four, a true servant does his work with goodwill toward his master. Somebody say goodwill toward his master. Do you know that people are like, oh, as for this. Uh, Organization, we are just uh, doing it for him. Yeah, it is him. He's a wicked man. You remember? <laughs> you remember the the man with one talent. He said, "I know you." Listen, the rest they don't know you. That's why they 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 went and they fooled themselves and traded, sweated it out and made profit. They don't know you, but listen, I have known you for a very long time. I've been studying you. I've really looked at you the way you handle yourself. I know you. That one. There are three things they don't know about you. One, you're a wicked man. <laughs> and I want you to know that I know the average employee thinks of his boss as a wicked person. Yeah. Employees who think that their bosses are wicked, they never rise into a place of owning anything by themselves. Yeah. I know you to be a wicked person. You see, look at what your Bible says. Look at this. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 6 
to 8. This is beautiful. Look at it. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Verse 6 to 8. Ah. 6 to, not with eye service as men pleases, but as born servants of Christ, doing the will of God from where? Okay. Verse 7. Let's read together one. With good will, doing service as to the Lord. When you are doing service, do it with a good will. Somebody say good will. Good will. It means you are interested in the welfare of the organization. You are there. Whether it's government. I mean, one of our sons we met today in the trip that I just talked to you about. He was just telling us about how he was blessed last week by the teaching. Because of certain issues he's having at his office. Good will. If you cannot advance government business, you think God will give you your own business? No, no, no. This mentality of one person, when you go into a private man's hand, you work like you are a donkey. But when you are in government, while the job is on, you are watching a movie. While the job is on, you are busy chatting. You are in the office, but greater part of the time is used in chatting. But when you get to a private place, the phones are dropped somewhere. You see, until that becomes your attitude, you can't succeed with it. You see, there are two kinds of disciplines. There's discipline that is atmospheric discipline. When you go to London, no matter how dirty you are, dropping things around or to the west, the atmosphere doesn't permit it. So you won't do it. So all of a sudden, you become a very nice person who doesn't drop these things by heart. <laughs> it's not because of anything. It's the atmosphere. Yeah, it's the atmosphere. Because there are cameras everywhere. That you won't do it. But you see, that kind of discipline doesn't take people far. The discipline that is internal, the discipline that is from yourself, that's the discipline that takes people far. That's why some people can excel in school but fail in life. Because in school, there are stringent rules. If you don't attend lectures, your marks will be uh, uh, this. Is. But in life, if you don't pick a book and read, nobody will examine you. But life will examine you. And the test of life is very difficult to pass. Am I communicating here? That's it. Learn to be disciplined. There are many things that can be done in, a, in an atmosphere to help you. And I realize that the people who are internally in discipline rebel against even cultural discipline or atmospheric discipline. When they get into an atmosphere and it's orderly, they are not comfortable. Because there's something in them that is very entropic has a higher tendency to a degree of disorderliness. That's all. A true servant does his work with goodwill. 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 You are doing it. You are rendering service. Goodwill. Whatever you are doing here, the, the motive is that the church of God will advance. And all of this is, when we do, we are just promoting him. But listen, who says you'll be promoted if you don't learn to promote another person? Praise God. A true servant does his work as unto God and not unto man. Somebody say a true servant does his work as unto God, not unto man. Yeah. Imagine for a moment, God is your supervisor. How would he work? Yeah. Imagine. Imagine for a moment, God is your boss. Your CCTV camera is not as strong and as a reliable supervisor like God. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro. Run to and fro. 
if you come into a place where you know that when you are in the classroom teaching and you feel like lazing about God, your supervisor is there. Praise God. Your supervisor is there because his eyes are everywhere. He is your present supervisor. He never leaves you nor forsake you. So everywhere you go, now if you begin to work with that consciousness, your attitude will change. Like for instance, they've given you an assignment, you are doing it, and while you are doing it, you are cursing them in your heart. You see? The natural people, your natural supervisors can see it. And they be um, issue instructions. Uh, you are doing the instruction. All of that is in your heart. And you know, God does not look at the outward. He looks at the heart. So while you are using your energy, moving, lifting things, God is still resisting your progress because the heart he is seeing is not a heart worthy of promotion. May your heart be qualified for promotion. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. You know why when Potiphar's wife offered himself to Joseph, Joseph refused to take care. It wasn't that he was an impotent guy. No. The woman really knew. Very fit man. For a woman of a caliber to desire a slave, one, not an Egyptian, but a slave. No, 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 no. I think the guy was a very fine guy. <laughs> How many of you think like that? I think Joseph was fine. By all standards. Charlie, by all standards. By all standards. I mean, because the woman, it didn't just start, it was a long process. She started by talking, it didn't. No, she started by looking at him. Joseph will be in the kitchen washing the dishes. This woman will go and start, be staring. Ah. By the time Joseph turned, ah, then she goes. That went on for a long time. Then she took it a step further. Tell it, Joe, I don't feel you. <laughs> he said, listen, no. No. He said, no, 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 no. To the point that one day, the man was busy scrubbing the washroom. Scrubbing the washroom. By the time he said, Jack, what he saw. <laughs> the only thing that could help him was his feet. So he ran for his life. That was how. But when that was presented, Joseph said, no. Because I have a supervisor. He said, how can I do this wickedness and sin against my God? Now, who was he going to sin against? He was sinning against Potiphar. But he said against my God because he saw God as his ultimate employer. Who is your ultimate employer? That office that you are there stealing things. You close work, you pick a toilet roll, then you carry it. You carry this A4 sheet, you carry it. Then when you come to church, you are praying. Uh, this is your season of promotion. I receive it. I receive it. You'll get nothing. Yeah, you'll get nothing. It doesn't work like that. A true servant understands that God is his ultimate rewarder and not man. Somebody say, God is the ultimate rewarder and not man. A true servant understands that God is his ultimate rewarder and not man. You see, when you work, thinking that man is your rewarder, government is your rewarder, you won't do it well. Because the truth of the matter is that no man has capacity to really reward you in the way that you'll be very happy. Because your needs change. Now you're using Toyota Camry. Tomorrow you want uh, uh, which one? BMW. Next two years, 
you want uh, for the expedition. You see, they are changing every time. And as they are changing, your budget must also be changing. Praise God. You are living in a house that is a, a square shape and then is built. Tomorrow we want a glass house. So you see, as things are changing, no human being has capacity to run that life for you. That's what the Bible talks about, contentment. Somebody say contentment. You see, contentment is something you have to deliberately choose that I'm going to be content. Because things will change every time. Praise God. Things will change every time. Things will change every time. So if it is just whatever comes new, I must have it. <laughs> you run your life down. I wrote here, I said, I believe organizations must reward their workers properly. I also believe that no organization can reward you as much as God can. When your work pleases God, he can take note. When your work pleases God, he can reward you through people you've never met and grant you opportunities you never prayed for. When your work pleases God, whether it's in government or is in private center, when your work pleases God, he gives you opportunities you've never prayed for. And he'll grant you access to places you've never got into. You'll get to meet people. The same place, oh, the same place that they are not paying you much. God will bring somebody there, one person as your customer. And by the time you finish, he changes your destiny for good. Am I communicating here? Yeah. Now, that's how God works. But most of us, we want it to be done in a certain way. I would continue with my last point next week. My time is up. Pastor Afrakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuapa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services at our headquarters church, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, 8.30 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. for our second service, and 10.15 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for our third service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Locate us on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santati Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on our YouTube and Facebook pages, Embassy of Life Chapel. God richly bless you. Oh, Lord, 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 Lord.